Welcome to Should We? Creative conversations about the everyday choices that make us with Diana Kimball Berlin and Lisa Sanchez. Brought to you by MailChimp. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Diana. What should we talk about? (laughs) (laughs) So... Today, we have a question that I would like you to ask me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should we be independent? Should we be independent? <laughs> uh, so, I should. I should. Um, I should because I have learned that I value independence a lot. And because I have reached a point in my career where it just makes sense for me. Um, So I would love to share a little bit about that. Yeah. The amount of self-awareness it takes to be independent is really the crux of it for me. Uh, What do you mean? Like, in order to be independent, you have to really know yourself. I guess so, but as as we've talked about before, in terms of my Enneagram type, like being a four, I really, I love myself and I, I know myself a lot, <laughs> but I'm always learning more. There's always more to learn about myself. Well, what did you learn about yourself recently that led you to become independent? <laughs> so actually, while I was doing my first coach training at CTI, uh, and I was being peer coached um, by by a wonderful person. Um, she she asked me to tell a story that I'm proud of about a time when I felt great. And she then pulled out some values from it. She was like, "It, it sounds like self reliance is a value for you." And I was like, "Oh yes, like I never really would have put it that way, but I I guess it's true." And I, I do not mean to overvalue self-reliance. I, I am also, I'm reading this great book called The New Better Off. And in it, I, I, am, I love the way this author talks about interdependence and how important it is for American society to start to value that over like just self-reliance. However, I have self-reliance as a value. And uh, yeah, so I learned that recently. Um, I also, um, just in looking at the shape of my life, I could see that all of my like side projects. You're doing air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> what should I call them? Because I, I don't want to call them side projects. My true passions were reflecting my purpose in life. And I was not willing to give them up. But the reason I say it about giving them up is that, like, they were filling all the margins of my week. Mm-hmm. So I had my, you know, full-time job, um, which was, you know, in many ways a wonderful job that I was very proud of. And um, then I had Should We, which includes our podcast. Then... That also started to include coaching for me. So I was taking on coaching clients. Um, and then I have this other project 
um, a writing project. We'll talk about it later. Uh, is that it? I might have other things. I mean, rest and relaxation. Yeah, self-care. <laughs> that was like a work stream. <laughs> oh, like um, marriage? Mm-hmm. That's another Definite work, work stream. stream. How about art? Yeah, that's like concluded in self-care, mm-hmm. I think, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my relationship with my dog, which was like suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't even lift her head when I come in the house anymore. Wow. So that's hard. That's hard. Um, so, so my life was like bursting at the seams. It was too much, like I, I was spread too thin. Um, and I was describing it as a window box filled with flowers, all great things. Um, but, but the, the flower box was just, oof, the roots were tangled. Mm-hmm. There were like new seedlings all the time. And, like, it was hanging out of the box. Like, it was too much. I wanted to transfer, transplant to a garden, uh, my own independent garden, where I can give space to whatever is flourishing as I need to, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, let some things come up in spring and other things die down. And in the fall, it shifts, you know, a much more organic portfolio of work um so with the guidance of some very important people in my life the the encouragement the the nudges to uh leave the nest of full-time work i did it yeah It is so funny sitting here across from you hearing that in the past tense because we have not recorded an episode in a really long time. We haven't been in the recording studio since, I want to say May. No, yeah. Yeah. Early May, beginning of May. No, no, no. We did. That's not right. We did another recording session in like late May, early June. It's been months though. Yeah. And all of this decision-making came to a head between the last time and now. It's like there was a wormhole and now we're on the other side of it from the perspective of Should We's listeners. Yeah, and um, I I don't know that I need to go back through all of it. Um, just, well, I, I could share some, some bits and pieces of it. And one is actually um, the conversation we had with Celeste and Rob in the episode, Should We Work Together? Um, Celeste talked about what it was like for her to go independent with Rob, but like basically Rob kind of knew he wanted to go independent for a while, and it took her longer to come around to it and to be like, oh, we can do this, and then we should do this, you know? And um, I think I came to should first. Mm-hmm. I was like, I should do this. Like, like I know, I just know with a lot of confidence that um, being independent will match my natural state of being better. Um, but then can was the question, like, can I do this? And 
uh, I really didn't know like how long might it take for me to arrange a collection of projects that could um, sustain myself, my family. You know, um, I have um, I have responsibilities. There was some life spreadsheeting. Oh yeah, there was a lot of life spreadsheeting. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it it really took someone saying to me like, "You can do this," and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> and then he was like, um, "Yeah, like obviously, it probably wouldn't take like you could do this tomorrow." <laughs> Like, why don't you send some emails and then it'll probably be done. You'll have the right collection of projects to sustain you. And I was like, nah. (laughs) But then it kind of was like that. I mean, I would say from that conversation, maybe it took six or eight weeks, um, which felt long in the moment, stressful, there were, you know, I did send a lot of emails and some went nowhere and I was so surprised. I was like, why does this person I really, I, I love and I, like and admire and I thought they would respond. I thought they felt the same way about me and would respond right away, like didn't. But lots of those. Mm-hmm. And then... Others just surprised me out of the blue, like um, people responding to my inquiries. And uh, then there were coffees. And then there were some interviews in person. There were some by phone while I was in Berlin, phone and video. Um, and then I, I knew in my gut pretty quickly because I had mapped out so much detail about what I needed Mm -hmm. to make the leap I knew pretty quickly when there was an excellent match Mm -hmm. yeah it's like fishing where you just don't know what other people need until you say here's what I need yeah, which I discovered is something I love to do (laughs) so Sometimes I think I've been nervous about being so honest about what I need and want, especially in terms of work and like um, uh, compensation, schedules. Like for, for me to say to someone, um, I want to work three days a week and that's it. And I want... Um, to work with you in a way that you know I'm fully engaged. I'm, I'm fully present for you while I am there. And you are not on my radar when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're not my first priority, you and the work I'm doing with you. Like to be able to say that, it's like weird, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm so used to interviews I've been on both sides of the table of an interview where there's this sense that you have to prove that the thing you're auditioning for is like the only thing ever that matters to you it's number one your passion is pure of course you're not applying because you need a paycheck Mm -hmm. but like most people need jobs so they have a paycheck Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like could we be more honest about that (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way that you've narrated the process to me, there was a dark night of the soul period there. Six to eight weeks is a long time to live in uncertainty. Yeah. And I had already in a lot of ways let the cat out of the bag, like by being faced with these these mirrors of like at least one important person and in my life and then some others like I had to take this risk to say like okay I know what my purpose is I know which work I'm doing now points to that and I know which doesn't and the main one is like my whole day job (laughs) um so I I just said that to people I trust but then all of a sudden they knew all these people knew and so to me, it felt like the clock was ticking. Like, I, I can't do inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't just, like, keep trudging away at something that I've already confessed to someone. It doesn't match really with my values. So I felt, I did feel really a sense of urgency all of a sudden, which in a way I think was helpful to move me forward. It reminds me a lot of when I was trying to find my next job in San Francisco while still living in Berlin. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Like, I reached out to companies. I thought I was a pretty good candidate, but I would just hear nothing, nothing, nothing. And I would be like, am I a good candidate? Like, maybe I just don't even warrant a reply, but I know I'm good. But how can I express that I'm good when I feel so surprised that people don't respond to me like I'm the bee's knees, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as you're saying this, I realize I myself have messages in my inbox from people I love and admire and respect, and I have not replied to them for a long time like they've reached out for like some connection or or some need or interest in something new and um the reason I have not replied to them if you're one of those people please know it's because I've spent the past two or so months making a massive change in my own life so I just didn't feel like it didn't make sense for me to reply because I didn't know what I had to offer yet. Yeah, that's making me realize that one of the great gifts of should we and specifically both of us getting into coaching is that I now have this wonderful steady state way to engage with anyone in my world, which is, you know, if they want to grab coffee, it's probably because they're fishing. And I love listening to people when they're fishing. Like, that is so interesting to me, the moment when someone knows what they want and they're, like, uh, playing serendipity to go after it. I find that interpersonally stimulating, very exciting. And I feel really overwhelmed when it's just a one-way exchange. Now, though, whenever somebody reaches out, I'm able to just enjoy the fact that they're fishing and that they know what they want and say, if you ever hear of anyone who's looking for leadership coaching, Lisa and I are both doing that now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like we're both doing the fishing game. We're both playing serendipity. And it's a mutual exchange, not just a one-way dark night of the soul. Yeah, yeah. And um, now that I've made this transition to working independently, um, 
I also feel so happy that I have these different buckets that I can place inquiries into um, or potential matches with collaborators or just people in general, you know. So there are people who reach out and are more like not sure what they want or they want something but they're not sure how to get there. And I'm not necessarily the person to make it happen for them, but I might be the person to be their coach, mm -hmm. to be a partner with them, to find the path forward. Um, or you might be the right coach for them, and I can refer them, or I can refer them to other coaches. And then I have a bucket of consulting where I'm drawing from the expertise I've cultivated in all of my day jobs on content strategy, creative direction, UX writing, um, and really product design and product thinking. Um, and there I can work with someone in the mode of like, um, uh, they're looking for expertise and advice and um, creation, mm -hmm. creating things together. And that's that goes in the consulting bucket. That's different from coaching. Um, and then I have creative projects that I can just do by myself. <laughs> and I love, love, love creative projects that I can just do by myself. But when I'm only doing something like that, first of all, it normally doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> and second of all, I get too lonely and that I really get stuck. So now I, I have this collection of things. I have a really nice garden and I'm happy about it. The thing that's striking me is that independence is really about directed interdependence. Yeah. Oh, that was really good. Really good. Like the thing that's different now is that you, well, let me ask you, what's different now? What's different? Um, I feel like I have more agency in terms of the way I engage with other people and with work. Um, whereas before, I was fitting myself into a paradigm of full-time work where, um, you know, there are certain overall um, assumptions, structures, and um, then there are, you know, patterns baked into a particular company. Like, for example, you come to work at this particular time every day and you work Monday through Friday. And, um, you know, there are these things that you have a say in. <laughs> there are these things that you maybe don't have a say in. Um, so now... Now I get to shake that up. It's rearranged, and nothing is a given. Yeah, right. The thing about going to work at, in an existing ecosystem as a full-time employee is that there are so many default settings, most of them set by just social norms. Like, why, why is it Monday through Friday? That's probably not even in our contracts. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, the thing that's done. Yeah. And that's not true everywhere. There are countries where the work week is different, yeah. like um, uh, Sunday through Thursday. Um, yeah, so so I've 
I've really enjoyed shaking that up and and taking ownership of of all these types of of everyday choices. Like which days do I do this work? Which days do I do that work? Um, which days do I rest? And you've shared with me that you're creating some rigidity around that, and you have some mixed feelings about that rigidity. Oh yeah, it's it's complicated. So I tried to create this structure where I'm working on um, should we and creative personal projects Sunday and Monday, and coaching, and then. Um, Tuesday through Thursday, I'm consulting. And Friday and Saturday, I am um, resting, doing fun. Um, I tried to set that up to help myself not work all the time. Because I think that's still a risk. Like I was working all the time before and I'm trying not to work all the time. So I feel mixed about it because it feels like training wheels in a way. Like, why can't I just know in myself I'm done for the day? Like, it's time to go home because my body and my mind say I'm done for the day mm-hmm. or something, you know? Yeah, I think all those default settings from modern workplaces certainly get inside my head. Yeah, it's like this thing of, um, I guess... The Industrial Revolution, transitioning some people who were farmers and who were more attuned with the, the natural clock when the sun rises and when it sets and what the seasons tell you about how, how to be, how to work, and when. And then all of a sudden being on the clock. Mm-hmm. So now... But, and I think we have that sense of like being on the clock. And um, uh, I'm now I'm trying to create a, my own clock for myself. But what I really want is to like, like experiment and experiment until and listen to myself on the inside to figure out okay, what is actually just my natural rhythm that um, accesses like my my best productivity you know and my needs but i get i mean i have a really hard time figuring out fun and everything (laughs) so that's a whole other episode yeah yeah seriously like we were talking this morning about moods as weather and i'm off like inside my head on a on a daydreamy detour about like how do we work with our weather yeah yeah the weather inside I don't know because, Diana, does your weather inside ever tell you it's time to have fun? No. Yeah, mine either. But we we should have fun, right? Well, we should do something. (laughs) (laughs) We should do something or not do something. I think, like, the other thing about my weather is that I've seen that that taking action changes my relationship to the weather. So mm-hmm. I always have this self-doubt inside myself because like I can be feeling grumpy and go to the office and really I like love being at the office most of the time. And so 
But then I feel great because I see all these people I care about and the people I care about in my peripheral vision give me energy and I feel needed. And then when I feel needed, I don't feel hopeless. And so it feels like both it feels like I don't understand cause and effect in terms of myself. And I'm always looking for the cause. I'll, I'm always looking for the the action that can like a good example is coaching. I when I am coaching. I if I'm in a bad mood before the session, I'm like in a great mood afterward. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Every time so far. So I mean that feels like magic. But what is the insight in that? I think it might be about focus and presence. Like just by being super present, it may be the only form of meditation that's like really within reach for me. <laughs> is being present fully for another person? Wow. Yeah. It is like meditation. Yeah. It feels like a hack, though. Like, I want to get to the bottom. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so neat that that's true. Yeah. And, like, there have to be other access points. Yeah. So, okay. Um, as we wind down, what I want to say about this question of should we be independent is um, – there, there is no we here. Like, it's really just should I be independent mm-hmm. and I should right now. Um, and so I, I just want to acknowledge the privilege that I have that makes it possible for me to go independent right now. And um, I I also am thinking back to myself pre pre this time. And there have been points when I've been very jealous of other people who are independent there have been points when I felt hopeless that it could ever happen for me. Um, and then there have been a lot of points where I've just been desperately curious to know how did that other person go from full-time to independent? What was it like? What were the details of the decision? And, and like how many spreadsheets did they have to make? And how many emails did they have to send? You know. And so for me, like right now it took like, I don't know, um, maybe uh, four spreadsheets and tw- 20 or so um, people I reached out to, maybe. In six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. So that's just me, and I only share this process um, be- to help, like, I don't know, it's kind of a um, mysterious, I think. Well, what's true about it is that it's a tunnel like once you embark on it you're exposing yourself to some of the things you fear like you will get rejection at some point along the way like as soon as you embark down the path and let the cat out of the bag that will happen Mm -hmm. and you can make it to the other side yeah and so both are true and that's the thing to hold in mind I think yeah me I I can I mean and um it I keep wondering is it that this could only happen for me right now? It feel it felt like it was so ripe. I had all the things in place to make it happen. If I had tried to do this six months before, one year before, how might it have gone? Would it have taken longer? Would it have been just kind of impossible? And I just can never really know. All I can know is that this time it worked. Thank you to Women's Audio Mission for being our recording studio today. 
And should you tune in next time, we'll leave it to you.